Hey, hey, soul fam. Welcome to today's episode of Ceremony Circle Podcast. I am your host, shaman and author, Allison Charles. And today you will be voyaging into the land of the responsibility and freedom of your spiritual gifts and the wild and wondrous world of wizardry with the founder of Dreamporting Mystery School and wizard, Daniel Raphael. Daniel and I go back many, many lifetimes, but it has been one of my greatest joys being able to reconnect with him this lifetime here in Texas. I was instantly struck about his powerful and potent personal journey to arrive to where he is at today. I mean, talk about mega transcendence, you guys. Daniel has done it over and over again in major ways. So he very generously shares with you alchemical codes, ancient keys, and universal laws that can support you and healthily transforming any area of your being or experience, if you so choose. Now, Daniel also takes us on a voyage of his more than 13-year pilgrimage around the globe, studying and living with various monks, mystics, shamans, medicine people, and other spiritual teachers, including life-changing iboga ceremonies in South America. And a main theme we voyage into is meeting your angel. Oh, I love this work. Oh my goodness. And just like my work with power animals and how we all have a core power animal assigned to us at birth that supports us our whole life, but then we also can have other animals present depending upon what we're going through and what empowerment we need. It's the same with the angel realm. Today, you have the opportunity to meet your core angel. And I have done this and it's forever changed me for the better. I am so excited for you to have this opportunity today as well. We also talk about his experience feeling like a total outcast in life. Being a seer as a young child, he experienced suicidal depression, autism, being guided by an ancient spiritual text to go on a two week water fast that ended with a major angelic initiation, traveling the world, facilitating healings for the biggest tech billionaires that you've definitely heard of, celebs, she shares manifestation secrets, and so much more. Honestly, there are so many wisdom gems in here. I could go on and on for an hour just in this intro alone, but let's just take you straight on into it, shall we? Welcome to the miraculous world of angels and the wild world of wizardry with Daniel Raphael. After many lifetimes, we return again in this moment, Daniel. So good to see you. It's an honor to connect again. Ah, I love you. You know that. We, I think we felt that. I was trying to reflect, was the first time we met this lifetime out at the farm you were living on, out at the, the Vanderbeeks? Was that the first place we met? I'm trying to remember, yeah. I was That might have been it. I think so. And it was that night that you came up to me and you were like, do you know that you're a tree? Oh, I remember that. And I was like, I am a tree because I, that (laughs) awareness had been really coming in so loud and so clear in a lot of different avenues. And I was really centered in that truth at the time that we met and yeah, we were sitting outside and you just leaned over and you're like, do you know that you're a tree? (laughs) And you're so dialed in. And we just, just instantly dropped into this kindred 
ancient soul fam connection. And I'm just so happy that we both live in Texas together and to be here with Sacred Grandfire with you and your beautiful home with this lion friend. It just doesn't get much better than this. So let's go on a wild and wondrous and heart-centered and very anchored and embodied wizardry adventure today. And I think we're going to be able to cover a lot of topics that I haven't talked about on Ceremony Circle yet, and you're just going to be the perfect person to dive into. Let's begin with, I know you had said the times I've been over here and we've just chatted that initially the the title and the term wizard was a little, I don't want to say off-putting, but there was something that you weren't fully accepting of initially, right? Yeah, a lot of people just started calling me wizard and it's something I didn't initiate but more and more I'm just getting used to. And uh, I think it's a fun title. I don't take it seriously, but I guess it encompasses a little more authentically than a coach or some of the other terms people are using that are in a similar line of work. Yeah. And and that's what I picked up on too. One of your gatherings, uh, some neighbors of yours are friends of Luke and I, but you hadn't met yet. And I texted them and I said, Hey, you have a, a wizard for a neighbor. You guys should come up, just come up the hill to this party here. And mm-hmm. it is very easy to refer to you as a wizard. You just have that coding and that, that essence and makeup. But it's interesting to me that people approached you with that title first, and then you kind of had to tune in like does this resonate does this feel right but you feel like a really powerful wizard to me so can you just take us a little bit into painting the picture for people as to what tools you personally use I have some of your tonics and elixirs at home that I use so I know you make things and but the other beautiful thing is when I had my session with you out in your backyard there weren't any tools involved and that was really refreshing to me to just be me you great mother earth spirit and like that's it so yeah, if you can just kind of peer open the the curtain into some modalities and, and tools that you use. Yeah, I, I love making tools, mostly for other people. I don't use too many physical tools myself. I, I use a lot of angels, of divine spirits, divine intelligence that guide me in everything that I do. I remember in preschool, when everyone was playing ball, I was making magic potions by myself mm. and just collecting little herbs from the ground. So I feel like it's something that came with me from other lifetimes and whether it's alchemy, whether it's learning from books and meditating, all sorts of things. I've absolutely loved it my whole life. It was challenging for me to live a normal life. I was already giving therapy to my preschool teachers. Mm. I could see their insecurities in preschool and was helping them. But other areas, just being in school was like hell for me. And it was extremely challenging and depressing. Why? Well, I felt quite overwhelmed because I could feel everyone's energies and it just felt wrong. And now I see that actually the schooling system is beyond backwards to say the least. And so I just felt like there was so much wrong in society, yet everyone was going along with it in my childhood that I just started internalizing it and taking it on because I I was told that what I believed in wasn't true. And so I started forgetting who I was and being this little wizard boy 
to suicidal, social anxiety, super depressed on the autism spectrum, zombie who could barely function. Wow. Okay. So I want to unpack a little bit of that. I'm curious first, when you would go to your preschool teacher and I can see (laughs) you, oh, what a cute little boy you were. And as you were presenting this wisdom to them, what was the response? Do you recall when you would share some things to them? Yeah, most of them, I would sometimes put in a compliment, like my kindergarten teacher, I could tell her she was insecure about her voice. So I would say like, hey, your voice is sweet like honey and just give her little compliments because I knew that's what was needed for that. Mm. So it was just coming natural and I would do it to everyone. But sometimes it, it freaked people out. Like I would show my mom, like I can move this thing or I would start channeling what she was about to say on the telephone call. I didn't even Mm. know who she was talking to. And I was like, she's going to say this next. And then that's exactly what she said. So it was all these weird things. I was just not came naturally to me that were really easy. And yet other things, just interacting with most humans felt in the ways that was normalized felt incredibly challenging. Yes. Yes. And that's something that we have in common. And I want to go over into that avenue in a moment, but there was another piece. So when you were talking about how at some point you got really depressed and and suicidal, did you know that you had autism like when you were very young or did that only reveal at a certain point? I was pretty high functioning. Maybe it was Asperger's. It's a whole spectrum. I started getting comments from teachers and from my, they would talk to my parents and be like, hey, Daniel's not making eye contact. And I didn't understand eye contact. I was just like, should I open my eyes like this? Or like, I was like, oh. I don't, it did, It wasn't natural. I was like trying to like deconstruct it. And I felt like I was the only person that was real. Like it felt like I was in this video game. I was very mm. dissociated. I didn't, I kept making really awkward things every day in school. I didn't feel like I could be authentic and really know even what my emotions were a lot of the time. So it was just very challenging to do basic things wow. socially, emotionally. And do you feel that about what age did those aspects started to come up? The depression, the suicidal thoughts? The depression really came up in, in high school. Before then, it was very awkward and I had a lot of anxiety. But in high school, it really hit me. And I would just cry in bed for hours. I really felt lonely. Like I, I was just even like having one close friend was such a challenge. And I was made fun of a lot and bullied and felt so different that I just, I lost it. I just couldn't hold on anymore and and just started spiraling into deeper and deeper depression. And what was your family's response as they were witnessing this? Yeah, they were really worried about me. Of course, I went the traditional route for a while, the modern route, which is they put me on half a dozen different uppers, downers, antidepressants Mm. for years, Mm. psychotherapy. And it really didn't, not only did it not really help, it just made things worse, I believe. It just got worse and worse until I was 20 years old and I woke up from a dream and the dream showed me this green hill and it said, if you go to this place at this time, your life will change forever. Mm, Oh, I'm feeling the grace (laughs) of spirit and yeah, that intervention for you. Yeah. And it wasn't like any other dream, like for days, it just shook me. Like it just, it wasn't a dream. And so even having social anxiety, I could barely go in a grocery store, hearing all these voices, like freaking out. I went to this huge festival, tens of thousands of people. And that's when I had my first energy healing. I met someone and I didn't even believe in it or know what it was, but in five minutes, it was like, I was back. I was like, Whoa, Mm. I don't have anxiety. I'm present. I'm feeling connected to humans. And it just blew my mind. So that was what started my spiritual path as an adult. Wow. Okay. I'm marinating in that field. And there was a piece of this journey 
that was popping in that I'm seeing if it wants to come back in to be spoken of. So I guess I just want a little bit more clarification. I understand that you felt so lonely and that was a huge root of the suicidal tendencies and and depression, but was woven into that because you just didn't feel like you could be fully expressed? Did you feel stunted and cut totally off? i was super stunted like i didn't even feel like i could move my face fully the ways that i wanted it just mm. felt like i was out of my body mm. which later in my big ceremony medicine ceremony i realized i was my soul came back in and it reanimated me and it was like i was just totally cut off from my soul for most of my life wow wow so okay. it was like i was just in a prison i was just observing partially life and couldn't really do anything oh lord yeah it was yeah, it's That's horrible. That's rough. And yeah. when was the ceremony where you where you realized you were out of your body and then you reconnected? When was that? I was about 25, 26, which was an Iboga ceremony where I basically was, I asked to open my third eye. And this is, I was still kind of new to spirituality and I didn't fully know what that meant. And Ooh, you yeah. hear this voice that says, are you sure? <laughs> That's a big intention. <laughs> and I said, Yes. And so it was guiding me to the center of my head and there was all the, there was like a closed gate and there was all these like spells. I saw like all these fortune cookie little papers with these limiting beliefs and spells. And I just had to fully get angry and like break through them. <sighs> and then the gate opened and then I was guided to literally just go into this star in the center of my head. And then all of a sudden I woke up because I, I realized the whole time, like I was out of my body, the soul was dissociated and disconnected and I finally literally just like poof, went mm. back to the seat of my soul and my third eye opened and that was the beginning of a whole new chapter of my life. Yeah, that's what I was sensing. I thought to myself, okay, after that moment, a whole new pathway opened up and actually we have not touched on Iboga. So to the degree of your comfort level, if you could just explain a little bit, because you lived with an Iboga shaman for a little while. Can you just explain a little bit about that medicine? Yeah, it's a super intense medicine. And just prefacing, it's uh, you want to do it with someone that really knows what they're doing. And only if you're like really guided to, because it can be in, super intense in different ways. You just want to make sure. You had a near-death experience one time with it, right? I did. I did. Yeah. And I learned a lot of hard lessons as well. But it also... I feel saved my life in some ways, so I'm super grateful for it. But basically, it, it can last two to three days. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very different than other medicines. And you, you often hear a voice of truth that guides you through it, and it can reprogram your subconscious and your memories and all sorts of things. Two to three days, that's a commitment into being, because that's it, I can feel the force and the power of the field that Iboga presents. It's a huge commitment, yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. I would also love to weave in a little bit. Both of us are forever students, forever evolving and learning and growing, but there was a very dedicated long chapter of your life of 13 plus years where you just, open the gateway to be on this quest, to be guided and led by your heart, your soul, and spirit to learn from different masters and 
being in Africa with this Iboga shaman was one step on that pilgrimage. Is that right? It was actually in Central America. He had moved there at the time oh, where okay. I did it. Oh, um, okay. But yeah, it's I went. I I lived all over the place from India and the Amazon jungle and Europe and all sorts of places, living with masters and teachers and healers. Where was the first place that you were led to go to? I started with locally where I was in Southern California and learning Reiki and. But I remember my Reiki teacher saying, well, I've never felt such powerful energy as yours. It's like I already had some gifts, but I still had a lot of ego and a lot of insecurities. So it was very imbalanced. This is good. And I actually had this question on paper. So I want to stay on the pilgrimage trajectory. But how did the ego piece, do you recall how it showed up for you at different times? Yeah, I just... My emotional intelligence was extremely low. I never had any truly deep friendship even, let alone romantic relationship. Yet my magical spiritual abilities started coming back online that kind of shut down in childhood quite fast. I put in, I, I wanted to help people. Overall, I had, I feel great intentions, but it's not just about good intentions. And so I put an ad on Craigslist just as a donation to help people with Reiki because that helped me so much. And a woman was suicidal and she literally, you know, changed her life was like, she had to go to the bank to get a little few extra dollars because she barely had any money, but she insisted just like, she wanted to, to give me that because she was mind blown at what happened. And then just from word of mouth, within a couple of years started being flown around the world by world leaders and billionaires and all sorts of wild characters. Yet at the same time, my internal emotional landscape was still extremely wounded and had a lot of distortions and fears and walls up. The reason I was able to still support people at a high capacity was because I could temporarily get out of the way and channel, mm. use the intuition. I remember having like famous relationship coaches and sex experts, they were fighting and within an hour, I would just guide them to switch bodies and see the other perspectives and it totally transformed the relationship after them trying all these things when I had never had any type of romantic relationship at all or a deep emotional connection myself. So I was able to kind of get out of the way hmm. and use those abilities, yet it also made me start to resent my own gifts because all I wanted was to fall in love myself. And I tried millions of things and nothing would work for me, or it would just, it would take years just to move an inch, it felt, in terms of intimacy. Yet I had all these people singing my praise about being able to support them with the same thing. This is so intriguing because I, I feel like truly in every single episode of Ceremony Circle, I've talked about embodiment and said that word. Mm -hmm. But the soul fam who sits with us every episode knows like it's just the running theme. And so I'm really intrigued to be in this discussion with you and it's like, I don't even know what the question is. So as I'm kind of rambling for a second to just start to talk if something percolates and bubbles up, but I'm really intrigued that for however long, I don't know if it was a year or four years or whatever, that yeah, like you said, you were able to be a pure channel, but there was that lacking for a little while of the true anchor and embodiment because you yourself weren't personally holding some of the gifts that you were sharing. And so obviously we know, I can feel your embodiment now for sure. And so I know that you're now teaching and facilitating from a very different place than the story you just told, but there's something in here that I want to be expressed or taught about 
I don't even know what it is. Like, is there anything you're yeah, actually can... It's integrity. It's integration, okay. which really is the same thing, which is a lot of people get an insight and then they start teaching it right away. Yes. But you can't truly um, understand it till you experience it yourself and your body and in life. And so I didn't realize that at the time. And it's just the different levels of the download. He's like, first you download the program, but then you have to install the program and run the program and live the program. And so what are your thoughts on teachers? And look, like I trust in the whole big divine plan. It's, I send love to all, but I've I'm definitely witnessed to, on a regular basis, a lot of teachers that are doing exactly what you just said. They're not truly an integrity and integration and not truly an embodiment, but teaching at a very high level, reaching mm-hmm. thousands, if not millions of people, m- multiple books out and things of that nature. So what are your thoughts on that? Is that irresponsible or is it just part of their growth and divine plan to be teaching from that place? That's a great question. I've had a taste of that myself years ago, just being ignorant to how things work. And if you look at it without judgment from the dark ages that we are stepping out of, there's a lot of trauma and different layers and an ego for everyone to maneuver through. So it makes sense in a way that many teachers are not fully integrated and sharing messages, both to serve other people and in their good intentions at times, but also to make a lot of money and survive or just whatever they think they need to do. So I don't want to look at it in a judgmental way, but there is uh, unfortunately a lot of negative impacts that can happen when you're not integrated that I've experienced myself on both sides early on. And I've had a lot of a good handful of traumatic experiences from seemingly very powerful spiritual teachers that were predatory or just allowed a lot of dark energy to infiltrate through them. And that was the perfect lesson though for me about giving my power away. Mm. So if we look at it just like a a toxic relationship, it's also a mirror. It's like part of the perfection in some way of the school of life Mm. where it's showing us, hey, you know, what, not in a form of blame or shame towards yourself, but of curiosity and inquiry because it's all about empowerment for, for yourself, a spirit that is here, like a finishing school for your soul to evolve and transcend different lessons and attachments and layers of this reality. Absolutely. And so I'm, I feel really grateful for a lot of those. And yet I think we can learn from it and skip some of these challenging steps. I was so challenged for so many years because I didn't understand how the universal laws work. So I think a great place to start is for people to learn those universal laws that are immutable. It's not about religion or a certain belief. It's just like, this, this is how reality works. And then they can more easily align with the universe and also catch unhealthy patterns in people before it becomes such a big thing Mm. because it's about really any good teacher I believe is simply there to reflect and remind the person of their own empowerment. A hundred percent. I agree with you wholeheartedly. So at what place did you start to allow yourself to be consciously aware of that gap of like, of the needing to more deeply integrate and get more embodied. Mm -hmm. When did that start to really flicker on and turn on for you? I think I always felt it, but part of me was like, well, I don't want to wait until I'm perfect. I want to still support people, but I just didn't realize at some points that, oh, wow, there's, and overall, like amazing things happen, but it was just really a few people where I was either not fully conscious of my actions or what I said that they felt 
pain. And mm. that really scarred me. And I was like, whoa, I need to really look at, look at things. How did you start to look at them? Because I, I think this is a great, a very healthy place of questioning even for the soul fam joining us, because there's a lot of spiritual teachers that listen to these episodes. And I think it's healthy to do integrity checks on a regular basis. I wasn't following my intuition a few times and, or my ego came out like saying something that wasn't aligned where it's like, I don't want to put my filter on, Uh. on something. And so after a few of those, I really researched the universal laws and, and learned just to be neutral, to be a clear mirror and to not try to force or change anyone's behavior like a lot of coaches do. It's like, you need to do this. And so now I never tell people what to do and I'm always neutral. And it's not like a forced neutrality. It just, it really is an embodied neutrality because Mm -hmm. by just being a clear mirror, it gives them free will and it also doesn't have a charge on it. So it's a lot easier for people to receive those reflections. So Uh now when I talk to these big CEOs that are used to doming thousands of people, there's no problem and then receiving any reflection I have because it comes from that neutral, clear space. And so it actually, those few difficult experiences where I learned some lessons where I wasn't in alignment fully allowed me to, in a way, master being neutral in different ways and teaching them to be neutral, which is one of the universal laws, the law of non-resistance. What you resist persists, but when you can just feel and be with something and look at it from a neutral way, you're no longer blind to it. You're just aware of it and it automatically starts to transform really Mm. quickly. And so in that space, I bring people up just like in this chair and in five to 10 minutes, their deepest issue is transformed every Mm. single time Ah. because of that and a few other codes that you combine. And it's nothing special about me. It's just, I wish I had known these codes years ago. It would have been a lot easier, but I know that was the perfect journey to, that's part of my message that it can be fast and easy to Mm. transform your deepest blocks. So let's go into that bullseye then. How did you start to realize these universal laws and these codes? And what do you mean by that? Yeah, it was a journey. Uh, I studied Tibetan Buddhism. I studied ancient Hermetic, the path of the wizard, the mage. And they have a lot of similarities with the Kabbalah, with shamanism, all these different lineages. I actually went to a lot of different ones and they all resonated with me so strongly in different ways. And so I started learning the universal laws from studying from masters, from books, and then putting it into practice. But it's basically, it's just a deeper understanding of what this reality is. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I love to say to people is life is a school. Me too. I call it earth school. Yeah. I, I love to frame it as that as well. Because that changes the whole framing and perspective. Yes. And when you can really embody that in your day to day, it's a lot easier to become neutral because if someone's yelling at you, it's like, oh, I wonder what this is teaching me as opposed to attaching to the movie and Uh, this character, right? And it releases the pressure. It releases the pressure because sometimes we forget that we're the director and we go into the, we start seeing this movie, a good movie, and you'll forget that you're you're watching a movie. And Awakening is about realizing that, hey, we chose this dream to learn lessons And at any moment, we can wake back up Mm. and dissolve those man-made constructs and create a new reality. But it's beyond even creation. It's just the deeper surrender that there's the divine intelligence that is guiding us to this deeper liberation and oneness. And it's about detaching from what we think we need and realizing that life is giving us exactly what we need. And it's just about us taking the brakes off and getting out of the way. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm just tuning in to, yeah, the river of flow and buoyancy and all that deliciousness. What's another universal law or code you can bring in? I, I feel like unpacking the one we just did a little more. I actually studied with this woman who is a famous healer. She's kind of underground now, but she can materialize things physically. She has all these substances that, that have been materialized from a higher dimension into physical form. Are these materials things that also live on earth or are they yeah, like... Yeah, they're physical now. Okay. And uh. for example, one of them is this bowl of honey. And she gave me a spoon of this honey and I literally, you know, Ooh. just for 10 minutes had like a beyond Activation. DMT experience. Ooh. And it just completely recalibrated my system. And I'm like, wow, I'd love to learn this. And as of now, I still haven't fully learned it. The first lesson that she told me was stay at 12 o'clock. And if you imagine a clock, it is the law of non-action where whatever happens, stay in your center. Someone, whether someone gets really mad at you or if you want something really bad or it doesn't mean to block your feelings. You always want to feel right? You want to feel fully, but you can still feel and stay in your center because yes. it's really the stories that start trying to take you out of your center. So if you stay center, if you stay equanimous and just breathe and stay with it, you're stop creating karma and you stop having to learn that lesson mm -hmm. over and over again because Amen. that emotional reaction uh -huh. will create it until you learn the lesson yeah. and realize, Hey, this is just a movie, right? There's something more important behind, right? Yes. And then you take responsibility for the reflections in a deeper way. And then you transcend that lesson. So I, for over a year, I was just like, that was my focus. And in that year, the most incredible, my relationships all transformed and what I was doing for work and so much manifested of, of beauty because a lot of the, my subconscious was still creating a lot of challenges in my life. And then they're just automatically disintegrating because when you're staying equanimous, when you're staying neutral at, at that 12 o'clock, your awareness is automatically transmuting and dissolving all that karma and all that stuff, both within you and, and what will then manifest in your life. Yeah, and the words non-attachment and surrender again coming in. And for me, what you just shared is, is a lot of the embodiment of where my medicine name, Rock Star Shaman, comes from. It's that vertical line. It's that 12 o'clock line. If I'm here, it's pretty darn smooth, joyous, expansive sailing at all times. So I'm gaining more mastery of that every single day. Hey, Soul Fam, I hope you're enjoying today's voyage. It feels so good to be back for season two of Ceremony Circle Podcast. And it feels really amazing to let you know we are right around the corner from my book, Animal Power, officially being released and in your hands. Now, many of you know my close relationship with the power animal realm. They were my first spiritual guides who came in to support me after my spiritual awakening. And then they came to me when I went to Bali to write another book on a different topic. And they actually asked for me to co-create Animal Power book with them. So I did. Animal Power 100 Animals to Energize Your Life and Awaken Your Soul is a luxe compendium that explains what a power animal is, why and how it is so powerful to work with them, along with featuring 100 animals, each with a brilliant medicinal full page of art 
And it also explains what each animal represents, its message for you, and a power practice to take you and your relationship with that animal even deeper. So the next time an animal visits your dream, your meditation, or catches your attention in any way, you can just go to Animal Power Book to see why. You can grab your copy and one for an animal or spiritual loving friend at my website, allisoncharles.com backslash animal power. That's A-L-Y-S-O-N-C-H-A-R-L-E-S, allisoncharles.com backslash animal power. And when you pre-order in between now and March 2nd at allisoncharles.com backslash animal power, you will also get a free video guided shamanic journey facilitated by me for you to meet your current power animal. I prepared for this book for many, many lifetimes and spent over four years writing it. And I can personally attest to its incredible power and magic that it will bring into your life and help you unite even more fully with your soul. I so appreciate your support, soul fam. And now back to today's episode. Okay, so we're in the code land, we're in universal law land. Oh, wow. Okay, so how was it? Was it just the energetics and the word of mouth that so quickly began to spread where you were being flown by different celebrities or billionaires or world leaders all around the globe? Like, how did that web start to get woven? How did people start to learn about you and the gifts that you had? Yeah, it, it was for until recently just word of mouth. And now I'm more focused on just spreading it to everyone in really affordable ways and with a lot of free content too. But for a few years, like I wasn't ready to come out fully. And I also needed money to heal myself and my physical body and all these things. A lot of my clients were these people that they all know each other, a lot of them. And it was just word of mouth. And just in old days where the kings and queens had the wizards, to support them. Again, my life was still kind of a mess. A lot of just human things were so hard for me, but you could go into the founder of one of the top tech companies and just start answering any question he had and start telling him like, actually, there's a new business idea that you have. Here's how to do it. Here's what this person wants from you. One CEO just started giving me a list of the names of 30 people. And just instantly I was like, this person this, this person wants this from you. And I totally transformed his business. So he, he hired me for a few years. And like, so it just kind of became this thing where it was a combination of intuition, of helping shift situations, just knowing the energetics and, and most importantly, the inner work to open up their hearts because that's yeah. really what it's about. And I've, I can't say some of the names, even one of the most vilified tech CEOs that a lot of people know about. We were on the beach and I gave him a session and he was grieving someone he loved and he has a heart mm. and it's just about helping them reconnect to that. There's no, I think, pure evil with humans, but there is. there are a lot of people that are lost or that are disconnected from their hearts. And so I was willing to go into those places where most people didn't want to go and shine a light. And sometimes it was the most difficult thing I wanted to do, but it was very interesting because my whole journey was how can I open my heart? It was felt almost impossible for me. So for some reason, it was kind of like a Rubik's cube that I was mm. working on for years, lifting these, the craziest weights that then when I went into these 
people that had such genius mind mm -hmm. and it was so easy for them to be like, oh, this is stupid. Or I had to explain it to them in tech terminology and quickly just rebuttal their thing and use the intuition just for them to open and try this technique for a minute. Yes. Um, and the trust that they need to lean into for that, because, and of course, what I'm about to say does not apply to all tech businessy savvy people, but I have observed and also worked with some people of the same nature where there seems to be, whether it's conscious or unconscious, this fear, because they're so genius and brilliant at creating multi-billion dollar business that are known all over the world, that there's this fear that if they were to tap into their heart or tune into their heart or open their heart, that somehow that their business mind or the prowess of their genius of their mind would somehow go to the side or diminish. Did you notice any fear of that type of person leaning into expanding their heart? Yeah, there's always uh, protection mechanisms and, and the mind trying to create concepts to gain, keep, keep in power and keep yeah. control with the illusion of control. What I found is one of my old clients, he's one of the fastest growing in multiple industries. He's one of the most successful CEOs in the world. And he has one of the most open hearts I've ever met. And so when we unlock our hearts. It's like glue. It allows us to become a much greater genius, putting together ideas, concepts, intuition, the ability to have more strength, to move forward, to have more grit. Yeah. So there's sometimes processes that might seem more vulnerable or will be more emotional, but it's trusting that those are part of the upgrades that are, ne are needed to become superhuman, to become our natural state actually of a unified being with divine consciousness where then we're limitless. Mm-hmm. Aho. And so I'd love for you to tune in while we're still in this field of global adventures and stories. Is there another wild, wondrous wizardry tale that you can share with us of going to a certain place and something majestic happened for yourself or something that you facilitated for another? I like these stories you're telling. Sure. Most recently, I, I did a ancient initiation on myself for uh, close to two weeks where I just fasted on water, had no phone or human connection, and uh, just connected with divine consciousness and my angels. And basically, it was more intense than, I would say, all my medicine ceremonies, where just by letting go of any distraction, connecting with that pure light, in a deeper way, I was shown so many things that were still in the way mm. of being liberated and, and being at one with everything. And so I was just put through the most challenging initiation of my life and being shown all these things to release and let go of and, and, and not having anyone I could call to to support or putting food in my body to like numb the emotions distract, or yeah. distract myself in any way. So it oh. was definitely a pretty brutal yet enlightening experience. How did you get directed? Like, where did that navigation tap in within your own self that you knew that you needed to go to that place and do that? Yeah. I've known about doing, needing to do something like this for many years. Mm. And I felt finally like it was time. Like it, it came from my intuition because my mind was like, no, I'm still not ready. No way. And I just trusted. And so many signs got put together and the benefits of it were so worth it. I would do it again in a heartbeat now wow. because of what manifested after that. And again, to your comfort level of sharing, just a couple more details around that process. Because like you said, it was two weeks, it was water only. 
and you do a lot of work with angels. So you're, you're connecting to, to them, but I guess I'm curious, what's one thing that revealed of, cause you said there was still stuff that showed up that was telling you this is a block to you being tapped in fully to the oneness. So I'd love for you to share one of those revelations and also just another detail or two of what that two week journey was like in terms of, I don't know, because I know there was a book involved, but I don't know if you want to talk about that book. Yeah. I combined a few things into one, but one of the books that inspired me was the Essene Gospel of Peace, which is from the Dead Sea Scrolls, apparently Christ's original words where he talks about different angels that you can use to purify your body, your mind, your emotions, your soul. And so I worked with these 14 angels one at a time, like the angel of air, the angel of water, and you charge them into your, you know, water and you, I was doing cold plunges and saunas every day and just taking hikes on the land here. And they were just, it was just mind blowing what was happening. I would Mm -hmm. wake up like swirling with these angels from a portal into back to physical reality. And it just became like I was one with this divine consciousness in such a deeper way than I've ever imagined possible. And I remember one time just channeling on a piece of paper, my family tree from like 3000 years. Mm. And it, you know, showed me just like what got happened here and unlocked and locked up. And, and then it explained issues from my parents and grandparents that were still running my life that I had no idea about. And, and it explained everything. Like a bunch of light bulbs came up. Like, oh, this is why I had this pattern. I, sometimes you're so in it, you're so used to things, you don't even know it's a thing. Right. And it was like, this is this issue and it comes from here and this is how you unlock it. Ooh. And it was guiding me. It was like, now do this. And if I was trying to bypass it, it would like, oh, yeah. and my body would like, ah, feel it. But if I was too hard on myself, it was like, this is why it happened, let it go. So it yeah. was just balancing. It's like flying a plane for each issue and it would like just rapid fire just guide me through these rituals like covering me in mud and the earth and then staying in the cold plunge for so many minutes while i was like focusing on this intention just to completely metamorphosize into the new me it was quite brutal but also i cried so many times how beautiful it was and i was able to manifest what i wanted most which is true love which is still so fresh for me but just from purifying myself and, and clearing those patterns that had my whole life that were blocking me from intimacy and all these things. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it makes me feel. Exactly. Wow. Thank you for painting yeah. that picture. That was such a beautiful ride you just took us on. Before we change gears, what was one of the threads that revealed that was blocking you from the true love? What was one of those pieces? I think it was respecting myself. Mm. And when I first started my journey, I saw so many people with egos, big egos in the spiritual teacher role that I made a promise myself to always be a student. But what happened is the other side of it was I was too open to what other people's thoughts and judgments are and felt like I always needed to sacrifice myself because that was really the patterns for my lineage Uh. in a lot of ways. And so I crazy things happen with different people where I finally had to be like, no, like I'm not going to sacrifice myself anymore. And just really decided to just respect myself in a much higher way. And I feel like I needed to do that to have a truly healthy relationship because I was overgiving. I was like, some people are hurt. I need to do this for them. I could feel all their desires and emotions. So as an empath, it can be easy to overgive because we have so much data that's not our own from other people. And 
We want to make people happy. So it was really just rebalancing myself and realizing, hey, to truly make the greatest difference in the world, I need to truly honor myself first. Let's sit in that for just a second. That was definitely a key for me as well. And all my implosions and eventual divine intervention and awakening that came through a previous relationship, like when I really got to the nitty gritty root of the back end root of things for me when it came to true sacred love, like I think it's safe to say in this moment, my biggest block was lack of self-honor, self-respect, self-love. Yeah, it's really... Ah, big, important work. Mm -hmm. So I think now it would be cool if you would explain to folks some of the work that you currently facilitate. What are you up to? Yeah. In this wizard palace that we're sitting in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I host retreats here every couple of months or so. And uh, we just had one, which was mind blowing. The New Year's time one. Yeah. It's a blend of just some of these ancient purification techniques, which I find just so rapidly transform our deepest issues that we've been often working on for years or decades, which then shift to more of aligning certain vibrations to manifest what you need to fulfill your mission and really stepping into your full expression and realigning your whole life. So we, we we create a game board of your life and use magical techniques and intuition to just align your relationships, your work, your ideas, things inside, things outside. And it's, uh, it's really fun. The whole thing is actually a giant celebration. <laughs> I like that. And I, it's bringing me back to how at the beginning of the interview, you touched on, yeah, just how things can be easy and quick. And again, how I touched on our time together in the yard where, yeah, the thing that I was excited about because I, you know, work with a lot of guides in the unseen realms, but I, I knew your deep connection with the angels and I was curious to meet, I've worked with different archangels and things, but I had never really set a focused intention on meeting my main, like in the power animal teachings that I share, we all have a core power animal that's Mm -hmm. with us our whole life. And I was like, who's my core angel? Totally. Yeah. We each have one guardian angel and that's been my number one spiritual hack. Let's say that it saved my life. That's guides me and building a relationship with your guardian angel, which you can only do by really opening up and asking because with a lot of free will, they can't really do too much if we're not open to that. Mm -hmm. So you can just call guardian angel show yourself, guide me, give me a message. Some people get an answer right away. Some people, it takes a few times, but it's also just kind of clearing your mind, meditating, and it always works. And it's absolutely incredible what happens. Yeah, I it was when we were in our process and, and my session with you, it was, yeah, when he revealed, it was, I mean, it's undeniable. Like he came right over the top right of me and... I remember saying to you, I feel like my angel's here. And you're just like, oh yeah, you're fast. Like, yeah, like Hmm. I, but I, yeah. When he presented and I called Hmm. him in to be with me and the other night's plant medicine voyage ceremony. And I'm just so, I feel better being directly connected with him now. Hmm. It's so fortifying. 
and strengthening and supportive and nourishing and loving and all the great things. So I highly recommend if this is speaking to you, can people work with you via online or in person to do that? Or you do not? Totally. I actually have a class just to connect with your guardian angel Oh, cool. and a few other classes and an online mystery school. So people can zoom in from all over the world every week. Great. And then I do a few one-on-one mentorships and I'm going to be doing an advanced training for people that want to do more of what I do and the flavor, I guess, that I do it in. Wizard flavor. a, a lot of ways to play and, and make magic. Nice. Yeah. And is it the Dreamporting website or how do yeah, they... Yeah, dreamporting.com okay. is uh, my main website. Cool. I like that you have all those different offerings and it just hasn't come into alignment when you've let Luke and I know some of your retreats that you have here in the home. They always speak to me, but like New Year's Day was my birthday. Like I was in the birthday yeah, mix. Maybe next and... one's uh, first weekend of March. So Okay. Good yeah. to have on the radar. Oh, that's interesting because my book, Animal Power Book, which you've seen, I've brought it over here to the house. It was supposed to be out October 26, but then it got stuck on the boats and in the ports around the world. Mm. And so it's actually releasing March 1st now for sure. Cause now the books are actually in the uh, U S warehouse. So it could be interesting to be in that space with you at the same time that animal power is finally fully releasing out into the world. That feels nice. What else? I, I feel like there's one or two other things I'd like to dive into with you. Cause you're such a wealth of just like honest wisdom and knowledge. Actually, as I'm saying that you had brought up possibly going into some codes for education. Do you, did we cover that or is that an area we can open up right now? You yeah. Know? It's just the more codes of the universe we learn, the easier and faster we can transform blocks in the way and empower other people. So I love teaching them and reminding people of them as I continue to learn them in deeper ways myself. Mm -hmm. And I think one that a lot of people know that we're still integrating is that everything is really a reflection in some ways to teach us something within ourselves. So the, the more we try to stop controlling situations or other people and really tune into what do we get to shift in our perspective and our energy and our choices in order to really raise our own vibration or align deeper with the universe ourselves. And then when that happens, the universe self-organizes everything around us. We think we're in control or trying to keep control, but it's really the oppositional force that's in control when we are holding on and not letting the universe let us flow into deeper lessons. So it's really re remembering the surrender and trust is our ultimate power. Yes. And that's why sometimes the really drunk person in a car crash is fine because they're so relaxed. Just like I learned Sistema, this Russian martial arts where you become fully relaxed the whole time and someone can punch you really hard and it won't hurt you because there's no resistance in your body. Huh. So there's nowhere it will hold. You know, that again, the non-resistance and surrender is the ultimate power because when we have that, we're not fighting with ourselves. Yes. Really, when we're fighting with others around us, it's really just an aspect of self in a deeper way. And so it's reharmonizing with the oneness and letting go of the fighting, the adversarial energy. Yeah. So that takes me into that seership category that we were possibly going to go into. So let's touch on that a little bit because I've like, 
yeah, just kind of entered in a little bit, I think, in some other episodes, but I haven't gone fully into. I'm rarely in states of resistance anymore when I'm shown where I need to lean in or grow or look like I lean in and I'm there. But for the past eight, 10 months, I was pretty darn shocked to witness and also just be loving of myself in the witnessing of my resistance to heed. Like when great spirit or great mother earth or my own soul and heart, give me an instruction. I'm there. I live it. I am doing that. But when source started instructing me, speak what you see, speak up more on what you see, speak what you see. I was pretty shocked to see the resistance that I was having to that. And it was persistent resistance for, like I said, eight or 10 months. And just to keep peering into where is this resistance coming from? What is the fear behind all of this? Why am I not effortlessly and fluidly leaning into this instruction? So yeah, whatever bubbles up inside of you, because I know you and I, one of our strongest gifts is the seer in us and navigating speaking what you see. Totally. I unearthed that there was still some attachment to um, wanting to preserve certain containers of friendships or relationships or just the fear of if I speak what I see to this person, like I would instantly go into the overwhelm of the infinite possibilities of what's after that. Totally, totally. The worst case scenario that your mind will project onto you, yes. which is fear. And it was keeping me stuck. Of course, because it's really the deeper commitment is to just be yourself always and detach from the outcome. And oh. some of the friends might leave because they want to stay blind. But it's actually you taking off your blinders because the more you free flow and share the truth, the more you can see it yourself, the more that you're living the truth and trust that the universe always reflects back that responsive environment of reality, a deeper intimacy, deeper friendships, deeper opportunities. So it's about letting go and letting the universe decide, are these friends meant to be in your life or they maybe go from inner circle to outer circle and just let the planets around you reorbit the more you just trust. But it's a lot of times it's the, we were punished for speaking the truth, whether mm. it's in this past life or this lifetime. And it's holding that little child within us and be like, hey, I know you weren't treated right last time. I know this you might were happen. from this last time. Yeah, night. no big deal. <laughs> yeah. but we're still here. You were burned alive from this last time. <laughs> <laughs> but really, we're here. Exactly. We're here. We're still here. Uh -huh. We're actually indestructible, eternal beings. And that's what we tell that little child and be like, hey, we're guided to say this. And whatever happens, it's since we're guided to, it's only for the highest good. Mm. And we trust that. We don't have to control and, and see what happens. And it's letting go of the little side of the river and flowing down. And you don't know where it's going to take you. It's going to take you somewhere much better every time we say yes. Yes. And I knew I wanted to touch on this with you after I saw that Instagram post of you sharing. I knew we both had these gifts really strongly, but you did an honest, transparent Instagram video where you talked about what we're talking about. And you were saying that there was somebody I think that came over and you got a loud and clear download around them and you decided to speak what you were seeing. And in that, it opened up this beautiful process. The person was a willing recipient of the information and it opened up a whole new, wondrous, beautiful world for both of you in that process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This society, a lot of us don't believe that it's possible or not used to those. Some people playing that role where in some communities in the past, there was the seer or whatever you want to call it that people would go to. So we're still those people. And it's just integrating that a lot of people just forgot. 
and that even if they don't believe in it or if you just met them and it feels like you need to do small talk first, if something's coming out, it's your intuition saying, just say it, mm. right? And whenever you really follow that happens, something amazing happens. Yes. And before we get to the closing ceremonial practice, I know you work with, I feel like there's some other tool or herb or you made me this drink before I got here. And like you said, when you're a little boy, you're making these potions and things. So what's something that you can share, like either an ingredient that you use or an herb that can help open up someone's truth or whatever, or maybe it's not the herbs. It's like a plant medicine or a wand, like (laughs) some other tool. There's so many tools that you can work with, whatever you resonate with. I do have a few that I make here. I feel like the number one thing is really just clearing because it's not, we need to change something within us. It's really, we just need to let go of some of the the stuff in the way, the limiting beliefs and energies that are making it hard for us to access that instant intuition or clarity or whatever it is that we truly want to embody deeper. So I do have some purification incense and oils and mists that I make as well as some potions. I didn't know about, or no, I did know about the incense because I have it in the container, right. the ash. It just comes in a different form. Or do you make, is your incense Yeah, like, I do make that and you just uh, light a coal and you sprinkle it on the coal. Yeah. It's like the old school. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. I like working with it in that way. Okay, keep going. Sorry, I didn't, didn't want to interrupt. Oh but. yeah, so there's a few things that I make and it's hard to pinpoint one that, that I want to focus on right now. Mm. It's just really based off always this intuition. It's like, what am I drawn to right now? You might be drawn to a special plant or crystal or book, and it's just following the breadcrumbs of what inspires you the most to unfold whatever the universe is wanting to give you that you've been asking for. Mm. feels like a good moment for those who want to just take a moment now to Tune in to your heart, allow it to open more if it's a little closed. And just take a second to ask your heart, what is it that I'm ready for? What is it that you want, my beautiful heart? I love a good little chat with the center of the heart. That felt nice. I got a quick hit. Anything else that wants to be expressed from you before we go into the closing ceremony? Oh, just an honor to have this amazing chat. And for anyone listening, thank you for being present. And I'm here. If I can support you in any way, please reach out. And we have some free classes online you can just start going to in meditation. So just know whatever you're going through, there are some transformative options and codes out there that you can do. And that if if I was able to break through my stuff, which was absolutely crazy, you can too. And that's why I love sharing my story now because it's, it's really possible to do anything. And when we surrender to divine consciousness and align with the universe and detach from those limiting beliefs we thought were real, then miracles happen. And I just wanted to remind everyone of that. Yeah. Thank you. Because I wrote down from our pre-recording chat, how you said you were barely able to function most of your life to being able to have the ability of maneuvering things like a fast Rubik's cube solver does. Those videos of these people that get handed the Rubik's cube and they look down and just like, just go to it, dink, done, hand back. And 
I just love that spectrum, that gap that you've been able to bridge from barely able to function, like major suicidal thoughts, extreme depression, just outside of your body, completely disassociated, not able to make eye contact, not able to have intimate relationships to where you sit now being the fast Rubik's cube wizard that you are and you hold within yourself, um, those teachings to share with others. So it's really beautiful. And I love you. I love you too. So much. So grateful to have you as a friend. I just, I love our dynamic. I love the cleanliness of it, the joy of it, the simplicity of it, the ancient aspects of it. Yeah. It puts my soul at even more ease. I'm grateful to know that I have you as a friend that I can I know I can call on you like any time of day or night and I can just be fully expressed and honest with you. And it's just so easy to do that with you. So thank you. I'm honored. Thank you. Oh, that got me emotional. Oh, yeah. I'm so grateful to have you as a friend. Thank you. Oh, that was nice. <laughs> All right. So now I'm so excited to enter into our closing ceremony as is there anything people should know or do before you begin? Yeah, just get seated or lay down, get comfortable. And I'll share a five minute or so meditation on connecting with your guardian angel, which will help open your intuition and get a taste of what's possible when you surrender deeper to the divine consciousness. One of my favorites. Great. So I invite you to go ahead and close your eyes, get comfortable. See if you can relax your face. Breathe in through your nose. And exhale fully out of your mouth any tension. With every breath, just letting go of anything you're holding on to. Any tabs in your mind. Any stress in your body. Relaxing your shoulders. Your whole body. And just imagine that a blue light from the sky is coming down and entering your head, just breathing that blue divine energy into your mind, cleansing it of all impurities, exhaling any negativity, any tension out of your mouth, letting it go into the earth. We're asking this divine energy to dissolve any darkness, any limitations, any unhealthy cords and connections, agreements, any energies that no longer serve your highest good. As we take a deep breath, just let it all go. Give it to divine consciousness to transform into love. And just feeling this blue energy fully flow through your body like a waterfall. Realigning with this clear, loving energy. 
in your head or out loud, you can now ask your guardian angel to connect with you. Guardian angel, please come to me now. Please guide me. Please bless me. And just stay open so you can ask your first question. Like, what do I need to know most right now? And just listen. Now, everyone has different psychic senses. So some people might have heard a message. Some people might have felt an energy. And it's okay if you didn't receive anything right away, because sometimes it takes practice. But see now if you can just ask. <clears throat> see now if you can ask for a blessing, an activation, and just ask your guardian angel, please bless me with healing frequencies. Protect me. And just start breathing in this energy. See what you feel. Just taking three deep breaths. Letting go and relax deeper. And we'll ask one last question and just trust whatever pops up in your mind first. And we're just going to ask, show me one person, relation, or situation that needs to be aligned in my life.
Now just visualize or imagine that this relation or situation successfully is transformed. How does that feel? Just take a deep breath, knowing that it is done. Giving it to the angels. Setting your intention for love to win. And now just let it go. Taking one last breath, making a sigh. Ah. Gently returning to your physical body, grounding into the earth. And getting ready to open your eyes with excitement for a beautiful, more aligned chapter of your life. And three, two, and one. Welcome. That's just such a perfect example of the ease and simplicity and quickness that's possible with this work and these quantum leaps and these connections, you know, in five minutes, like so much happened. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. The reality is based off agreements. And so all we need to do is ask and look at something and it will shift reality. Yeah, I feel compelled just to share a bit of mine. It was so nice. I had met my angel before, but he was right there. And when I connected with him more deeply, he first sent a rose in the top of my head and then pulled that rose like all the way down through my body. So it was like in the center line of my body. And then he gave me a new set of huge wings that just like, and like opened up. And then he lit a new flame, a new fire inside of me. And it was really nice when I would communicate with him. He uh, wouldn't, so I'm audible, visual, feeling like all the things online, but he would answer to me, not through words, but through the flame. And so it was really cool that, yes, he would send the flame up and rise the flame up through the center line of my body for a yes. Yeah, I got a lot of really beautiful insights. One was a reaffirming of something I was already sensing. And then, yeah, the, the person that I, I'm going to reach out to today is my dad. So amazing. Yeah. We'll have to do this again. I can already feel that. Thank God we're neighbors. So it'll be easy. And I always put your information in the Instagram posts and on my website and the show notes. So they'll be able to access it there. But just once again, if you can remind people, if you have any social handles you want to share and your website again. Sure. It's dreamporting.com. And my Instagram is Daniel Raphael, R-A-P-H-A-E-L. And the number one would love to stay in touch and feel free to reach out if I can support in any way. Mm. Thank you so much for having me. Ah, you're so welcome. So juicy and rich. I can tell a lot was received by all who co-created in this beautiful web with us today. So thank you for saying yes to this episode and this conversation and all the magic and transmissions that were shared. Sending love to your hearts if you're open to receive. And yeah, don't forget to take a moment today to connect with Great Mother Earth and just root in, ground down, center love, blessings, prayers, honor, whatever you feel compelled to share with Great Mother Earth today. Sit with you guys next time.
Thank you. Woo! What a beautiful, powerful voyage that was. It truly brings me so much joy and activates and lights me up to be able to sit with these incredible teachers, leaders, and masters from all over the world. So to learn more about them, just head to my website where all of the show notes and their details are listed. That's alisoncharles.com, A-L-Y-S-O-N-C-H-A-R-L-E-S.com. And remember, what makes Ceremony Circle Podcast so unique is that at the end of every single episode, you're able to immerse in a potent guided ritual practice or ceremony for your empowerment. So please feel free to make note of the practices that you really resonate with, the ones that really light up your soul and come back to those episodes anytime, any day. You can use them as your daily practices. And I recommend starting your day with one of them at your altar space. Ah, it's been an honor voyaging with you today, and I would so truly appreciate if you'd open your heart to take a quick few seconds to drop a review on Apple, sharing what you love most or appreciate most about Ceremony Circle Podcast. Receiving those reviews is so helpful and allows us to continue to share this valuable content. And don't forget, if you haven't already gotten your copy of my new best-selling book, Animal Power, you can do so anywhere books are sold, or I most recommend going to my website. Again, that's allisoncharles.com backslash animal power. Because when you purchase for you and your friends there, you get a free video guided shamanic journey to meet your current power animal that I facilitate. Animal Power Book is a modern day compendium featuring 100 different power animals, what each animal represents, their wisdom messages for you, guided practices, and stories from all over the world. I personally put the book up to my heart each morning at my altar, and I ask which animal most wants to work with me that day. And then I simply close my eyes and flip the book open to the page I'm guided. And let me tell you, I have been deeply moved to tears on many occasions, and I can't wait for you to experience it as well. I worked on this book for many, many years, and it's now my greatest honor to have it available for you. So anytime animals reveal themselves for you, you can just head to Animal Power Book and see what that animal is trying to get your attention for. All right, Soul Fam, let's unite again in our next episode coming out next week so we can sit together and continue to activate greater consciousness energies for everyone. Much love. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and my intention is not to provide medical advice or diagnosis. You should always consult a health professional before making drastic changes to your diet or lifestyle.